Welcome to Real Everyday People, an Eladio Nino podcast. You either die the hero or see yourself become the villain. See too many dark nights and light the way you're living. They got me living. Body, this is the El Nino podcast. I'm Eladio Nino, and this is Real Everyday People. I want to thank everybody for tuning in, everybody that's been sharing, that's been subscribing, been supporting, that's been uh, showing love, man. Thank you. I appreciate you. Salute you guys. Hope everybody had a safe weekend. Um, you know, I know, I know, uh, you know, in this past couple months, man, everybody been, you know, really having a good time celebrating, still being cautious, but, you know, it's nice to be able to catch up with everybody, man, to see people enjoying life and living life again. But uh, I, I definitely want to send a big shout out, man, to Lit Music Entertainment, man. They've been out there doing their thing. And, you know, I'm proud of him, man, you know. Um, uh, big shout-out to my man Leo over here at the Boost Mobile Shop in Lincoln Park over here on Dixon Outer Drive, man. Pull up, come show some love. You know what I'm saying? We appreciate him for sponsoring us and showing us some love and letting us do a little pop-ups here at these locations, man. Um, I also want to send a big shout out to Sombra. Uh, Saturday, he had the Corridos Fest over there. And uh, man, there was so much mad talent there, man. So many people with so much talent and everybody, you know, that put in the work, the time, the effort, the money and everything that it took to come up, to show up, to show out. Much love to y'all. Big shout out to Aztec Nando. He came out with that video, Sangre Azteca. You know what I'm saying? You see me and my man Jose Del Valle in there for a brief moment, man. But thanks for the invite, bro. And big shout out, man, to everybody that's out there doing doing anything man and uh today man i got a, a special guest man it's a brother that i befriended through a friend and uh he's a young talented brother very creative very con uh, uh very conscious and uh you know without uh any further ado man this is my man e tyson man what's up with you boy thank you appreciate you for having me appreciate you all right I want to, uh, first of all, give a big thanks to my uh boy El Nino. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. He, he brought me out. Um, and I'm very thankful to be out here. Uh, it's one of my first solo interviews I was able to uh, land for myself. And I just appreciate him for having me on the podcast. Ain't no doubt, man. Like when I first met you and we was kicking it, man, you just, you know, you had some good positive energy, man. You know what I'm saying? You was a very conscious brother, man. I just, you was, you was glowing, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, yeah, my brother got something to him. You know what I'm saying? There's more that. to him. So, uh, you know, we had talked about getting you on here, man, and here we are, bro. I'm a man of my word, you know what I'm saying? And the name of this show is Real Everyday People, bro. And, uh, you know, everybody got a story to tell, man, you know? And like I said, I created this platform to be able to create, uh, you know, understanding, to be able to create peace and healing amongst mm -hmm. our communities. And, uh, you know, I think it's just a great uh, a great um, time when we can bring uh, uh, people from different generations to be able to share their stories and their struggles mm -hmm. and, you know, and the triumph and everything that they've been mm -hmm. through, man. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about where you're from. Uh, so where I'm from is River Rouge, Michigan. Uh, we are here in Lincoln Park right now. So if, you, if you're familiar with the area, then you know I'm right around the corner. Riverside, and you know. know that. Uh, uh, Rouge Panthers. <laughs> Playing for them too, Little League. Uh, but I grew up in River Rouge, born in Bay City, up there by Saginaw. Uh, that's actually where I attend school now, but um, grew up in uh, River Rouge on Frazier, right down the street from Sabbath. Uh, grew up with my grandma uh, for most of my life, and um, really just honestly, I was I was like I, like I told you earlier, you know, what I'm saying I was basically the only child, so it was a lot of focus, a lot of pressure on me to. So let me ask you this: I know I know you jumped straight off into being with your grandmother. 
um, um, being raised by your grandmother, like what happened with your parents, bro? Like, tell us a little bit about your parents, your mother, your father, you know what I'm saying? And how everything came about. Okay, so Pops right now is 66. God bless uh, my mom. Uh, passed away in 2017. Rest in peace. Uh, me growing up with my parents uh, from the beginning years from birth until I have older my grandma. Uh, I still cherish those years because those are the years that I had with my, my parents in the household and I had, you know, my my experience there. Um, my life uh, starting with my parents started off in Saginaw or Bay City. Okay. Roughly. And um, it was really a lifestyle that, you know, I didn't, you know, I'm, a, I'm an infant, so I don't really know too much, but I'm just living. Mm -hmm. And growing up, I seen, you know, a couple of things here and there for the most part. I really just seen drugs. I seen weed at a young age. I seen a couple of, you know, pills at a young age. But it wasn't nothing that I, it wasn't, I don't think it scarred me for the worst. I think it just was like something I seen, but didn't really understand what it was. Okay. Uh um, as we all did at yeah. a point in time, it wasn't until later on in life when I when I started to realize what I was seeing and looking at yeah. back then, but yeah. I didn't know what it was then. Exactly. But I know what it was now. Exactly, you know what I'm exactly, exactly. So yeah. seeing a lot of I seen I seen weed, I seen a gun before, and it, it's nothing that I was like I wasn't playing with any of those things. I think yeah. The worst thing I did as a child when I was up in Saginaw was take a bullet to school that I found on the on the floor. Like, like in front of a, uh, in front of a liquor store. So okay. that was probably one of the worst things that I did. And but I was always uh, in Saginaw. It was I had to get out of the, I had to get out of this. Uh, it was it was shaping me the wrong way. And God, I guess, had a different plan for me. He had a plan for me to go live with my grandma, where there was a more structural setup. Mm -hmm. And it got me out of the bad habits that I was picking up at Saginaw, which was I was always getting into fights. I was getting suspended easy. Like, it was stuff that I, if I would tell somebody that I grew up with in Rudge about, they would be like, no, you didn't do that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, that's not you. Mm -hmm. Like, because I was so much of a grandma's boy. But in Saginaw, it was a, it was a rough patch. It was, I, I seen, I seen the violence here and there. I seen a lot of arguing. I grew up in the, in the house where um, it was... Listen, that verbal abuse is something that's that's a that's a monster too in its own. You know what I'm it saying? Is. Like I know people, you know, who've had to grow up and endure a lot of that, you know, yelling and, and just, you know, uh you know, it it just belittles you, you know. It it's stressful, it's it's violent, it's it's just it's not good for the person who's yelling. It's not good for the person who's being yelled at. Oh, you know, I because there's so much power in words, bro. It and, is. And, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, our, our parents were dealing with trauma from their past, you know, and and like I talk about how, you know, when I was growing up, my mother still had a lot of resentment towards my father and I looked just like my father. So mm -hmm. a lot of, she used to take a lot of that resentment, anger, frustration that she had towards my father out on me. You know what I'm saying? You see that vicious cycle being passed along a lot in, in, in younger generations. You know what I'm saying? And, and sometimes, you know, we got ass whoopings that really wasn't, you know, for us, you know, we got some shit that ain't have nothing to do with us. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that it's like that, but you know, I, I learned to forgive my mother for that she learned how to forgive herself and we've been able to move forward and do better you know what i'm saying and i just think that it's important for everybody to be able to um you know pinpoint you know what i'm saying where their trauma came from you know what i'm saying identify it work on it and move forward heal from it and move forward with it 
I'm glad that you uh I'm I'm glad for that for you. Uh and, yeah. uh uh piggybacking off of um for uh forgiving uh everyone and forgiving yourself. I have to say that me and my mother was working on that part um before her uh before her death. Um I asked her being in Saginaw, that's that's where we was at. When I got when I got and I moved with grandma, um, the story behind that, the story behind how I got with my grandma is, this how it happened. Okay, so, um, I think my mom had stole the car. She had stole the car, so my dad didn't have a way to get to work. So, <laughs> he had to walk to work. Now he had to walk from Williamson Street all the way to the GM plant, I believe that was in Bay City. And we, like, if you familiar with the area, you know how long the walk was. So in the midst of him having to walk, my mom was actually, I think she was in, no, the car was in the shop. My mom was in jail at the time, and my dad was walking to work. So okay. I had to get ready. My, so I had to wake up, get ready, and walk to school um, for, like, a couple days out of the week. And then mm -hmm. not too long later in the week, I ended up getting picked up by my cousin and my, my grandma on my dad's side. And from that point on, I had been staying with my grandmother because they sniffed, you know, me me being in a family where all your uh, elders are predominantly 40 and up, 50 and up, I got the old school mentality. So they were able, well, they got the old school mentality. So they were able to sniff stuff out right right as it started. So they got me, they got me <laughs> yeah, out of there think quick. You slicked in yeah, the mud, yeah. man. They done synced it, did yeah, it, everything. Yeah, yeah, don't all that. Don't even try it. That's what all they that. said. Don't even try it. All that. So they happened to, they happened to get me out uh, of of a bad environment, and I call and I called a bad environment really the city of Saginaw for real because that was where a lot of stuff was just that's sag nasty. That's, that's just where all the stuff was happening. Um, and it's ironic that I go to school there now, but stay on track. Uh, moved to grandma, and um, what what was it like living with her, bro? Like, like tell me some of the lessons, some of the things that even you apply today to your to your life today. Some of the things that she's taught you. One of the things that I, well, first and foremost, punctuality. I mean, I've i that's something that I'm starting to, that I'm trying to get back. I'm trying to get back to being very punctual because she was very hard on me about that being on time. Uh, another thing was it was a lot of structure living with my grandmother. She provided like the proper guidance and understanding to how you should live every day. Wake up, make your bed, you know, go eat a breakfast, get ready, you know what I'm saying, and go to school. You know what I'm saying? You only got to wake up and do like three things, three, four things before you got to do what you're designed to do every day. And as a kid, that was wake up, get ready and go to school. So the process all before I had to go to school was the was the stuff that I felt like was the meat that made me, you know, who she wanted me to be for the most part, as far as a, a proper young man and a smart young man. Okay. And respectable. And along and along the way, I learned manners. I learned how to respect my elders more. I learned just the proper essence of closing my mouth you know and just under just, just listening and, and how far has that gotten you just mannerisms itself please thank you and excuse me oh, because yeah. you know honestly bro when i was in the joint i was seeing a lot of the younger generation coming in and bro like they did not say please thank you excuse me oh, yeah. uh their hygiene levels like were low like you know what i'm saying oh, and yeah. i was like 
I was like, damn, like, is that what I'm coming home to, to a generation mm -hmm. that just don't care, you know, maybe mm -hmm. he feels entitled. Like a lot of people think that way, but you can't overall make a state, a blanket statement like that to cover everybody. Because I know a lot of young brothers, including yourself, you know what I'm saying, who are very conscious, who are very mindful, who are very respectful. But for those who don't, didn't have the privilege of even being raised. And, and that's what's sad too, is you got brothers who, who know better, but don't show better. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, they, they, you know, cause sometimes in today's society, man, if, if you're too nice or too kind or too respectful, people interpret that as it, um, uh, interpret that as being soft or, you know what I'm saying? Things like that. So you get a lot of people, uh, you know, young people, especially who accommodate the crowd, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, uh, but, but, you know, people look at you different, bro. When you, when you say, please, thank you. Excuse me. When you hold the door for mm -hmm. people, you know what I'm saying? Even if they look at you, you know, people look at me, might have, a, I might have a rough exterior, you know, this guy got tattoos. He looks a little bit intimidating, whatever right. it may be. But if you talk to me and you see how I articulate myself, how I respect you, how I acknowledge you, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to show you who I am from within. You know what I'm saying? Because as human beings, we don't just greet each other physically, bro. We greet each other spiritually as yes. well. You know, we get that intuition. You ever just walk past a person or look at a person and you just see something in them that you either respect or 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 you're cautious about? All the time. All the time. All the time. A lot of it is a lot of it is it's the posture. I, I, mm -hmm. I, and it's and it's crazy because a lot of my peers uh, that I'm around today tell me to pay attention to body language and really like pay attention to detail and one of the things that i've always done like subconsciously without understanding that it's a part of body language is pay attention to someone's posture and how they sit and how they walk because it shows you know confidence it shows a lot about someone and not only that but the other nonverbal one is uh the handshake um it's something that i was taught you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. uh to understand that that's that's a good way to get a feel of another man. You feel me? Is is you, you determine? You know what I'm saying? The extent of a man based off his handshake, mm -hmm. and you know what I'm saying? How and how he how he put his first step, uh, his best foot forward, and just the essence of respecting that, respecting the fact that people are human like you, uh, people breathe like you, blink like you, and you know what I'm saying? Everybody has feelings, you know, so. It's is this is this proper to just treat everybody with respect? Because um, that's exactly how you would want to be treated. And you know, what I'm saying predominantly, that was one of the many lessons that I remembered. Uh, that was easy for me to remember. That was from my grandma, you know. Uh, and she taught you a way of life. Bro. She taught she taught me. She because that's gonna take you blueprint. from here and beyond, bro. She gave you me. Know? She gave me royalties like mannerisms, um, key pointers. Uh, one of the key points that I uh, that I'll share with people is, um, she I asked her one day why she can't just if she had to go to the store why doesn't she just up and go, you know why does she why do you have to go into the bathroom get ready do this that and the third and you just going ten minutes down the street to go pick up one item, mm -hmm. and she and she explained to me that she did that one day and someone said made a comment about I, I believe her hair. And it just it 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 rubbed it the wrong way, and she said from that point on, she she made sure that everything was on point. And that part right there, that everything is on point, is the meat that I took that I took from it. It's just to make sure you're sharp on all corners. Mm -hmm. uh, I try to I try to be presentable as best as I can when I come on a 
on a, on a set like this or mm-hmm. in a professional setting. Anytime I had to be professional, I knew what to do. I was never unsure of what I had to do. I always had some type mm-hmm. of idea. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. You feel me? So, and that's that's what it was. Like, that's one of the things that I just cherished my grandmother and, and my pops for. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's business. You know what I'm saying? It's business. And you what, I re- what I respect is that, you know, a woman was able to instill you know a good belief system in you and um you know teach you good morality that that didn't just really make you a good man but made you a good person overall in general right you know what i mean right so what kind of student were you in school like what, what kind of activities did you do um, how, you know, did you have a lot of friends? Like when you went, you went to school in Rouge, right? For a while. Uh, okay. And then I know you bounced around, you yeah. went to Saginaw, you went to Rouge, and then you said you ended up at Wyandotte. Oh yeah. So I bounced around a lot. So like, what was that transition like, bro, to so, go from, you know, like an all black school to an all white school? It was, it was very different. It was culturally different and it was, it was a different energy. You know, when you walked into, when I walked to, when I walked to my, to consortium, that's where I went, consortium college prep my freshman year. Uh, high school start off, I guess. We start high school. We go back to middle school. Mm-hmm. No, we start off high school. Start up by that. So um, went there first, and me going in there, um, it was more so like a, I'm not trying to embarrass myself too bad. I'm trying to make sure I stay clear of BS, and I get my work done. And I'm playing sports, you know, for the most part. Always was a person that danced as well. So anytime the opportunity came to dance, I did that and where you think you got that from where you got the move from your honestly, mama your daddy or it, what it came from the mama's my mama's side the jeans the athletic jeans came from my mama's side and i taught myself how to dance ever ever since i seen the movie you guys served that okay. was the movie that, that, that started yeah. it off me and my brother <laughs> was in the basement in saginaw at at pheasant in pheasant run apartments pheasant run apartments we was in the basement and i think that's right around the time where you got served came out and from then, after I learned how to wave, I took I took off from there. So I, so I took off from there. Yeah, it's a little. Oh, it's a, to me now. Yeah, no, right, look, we can pass now. We can pass now. Okay, okay. He pop lock. He pop But yeah, you know, I learned that uh, for the most part. On my, I really taught myself how to dance. My brother was there for insight as well. Um, he was more so a singing person. He can dance too, but he can't mess with me now. So that it's all good. <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, that's that's really where I got the dancing from. So and I always showed that everywhere I went, any and everywhere I went, I promise, if you know who I am or you saw me or heard me, if it's not skating, then it's for sure dancing. So how did you utilize dancing in Wine Dot though? Like, what did it do for you? It gave me. The title of being the best dancer in the entire school—that's <laughs> dope. Honestly, that's, that's what a it good did. Title. That's honestly what it did. It gave me my own title, gave me my own lane, and was was anybody trying to challenge you? Uh, nobody felt, nobody had enough courage to really challenge me in a serious manner. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Okay. We we could play around and joke around, but yeah. nobody was trying to really challenge me seriously. And to be honest, if I had to be honest with you, even when I was dancing at Wyandot, I wasn't even on beat all the time. I didn't get on beat until I got in college. Damn, okay. <laughs> so that's just the reality of it. Like, what, what sports did you play when you were in school? I know you mentioned soccer. Yeah, I mentioned soccer. I was way back in Saginaw when okay. I tried that. So what was that like, like being conditioned for soccer? Like, you know, when I went, before I had went away in 02, 
you know, you didn't hear too much about soccer other right. than in, you know, countries like Mexico, Brazil, things like mm -hmm. that. But now, like, it's everywhere. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's always been an international sport, uh -huh. but it really wasn't popular here in the States. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. But now, all the schools, like, you know, communities, neighborhoods, you see people playing soccer all over yeah. the place now. I play, I played soccer a little bit. I was trying to get into it. Uh, I didn't really, I didn't really go far into soccer. It was more mm -hmm. so like I just uh, got a few games in, if that, a few scrimmages in, okay. if I can really remember correctly. And the essence of soccer for me it was just a simple fact of being able to run fast. And <laughs> honestly, like that's really it was simplistic as ever to me. Like, Which it was, probably that's probably what led you to track and field. Uh, right? Yeah, and uh, in most in most cases it did. I I when I got in the track, they put they started me off long distance, and I low key hated it. I hated it. I felt that I wasn't getting better, not understanding that that's just probably long distance and mid distance was probably just my forte. When okay. it came to running, it was probably my forte. My my race that I ran was the four hundred. When I got to the wind up, I'd run the four, and freshman year I ran the eight, and I ran the mile. Really ran the mile. That's what I really ran, and mm -hmm. I won. I won, but I didn't. I don't take any credit for that because I used to race people in tennis shoes. Was it easy for you to make friends when you got to wind up? It was easy for me to. It was easy for me to have. I call them fake friends. I call them fake friends. I have a few real friends from Wanda that I still keep in contact with, um, but I really call them fake friends because it's just like they only in your face because, honestly, you attend the school. And like I said, I felt like I had... You guys just sharing the same space. Yeah, we just in the same space. Yeah, you know. like that's really what it is. Like it really wasn't no no real love for real. Like it was just like a... It was more so like a... Like a... Like a they they trying to figure out if a stereo if the stereotypes about black people is real like type energy like yeah. it was like they're reading you to see if you fit that description. Were there any other black uh, students in school when you went there? Yeah, it was a lot of other black students. I came there with about five five of my friends, so oh, okay. it was I did have my I did have my group, so I had my security my emotional security for the most part. I can say that, and that's something I really didn't even acknowledge until I got on this podcast. I just said emotional security. I ain't never, <laughs> I ain't never said that. I ain't never said that. You well, you me? just got, you were just able to identify. Yeah, you hear me so just I, talking about it. I, man. I had that. You know, I had mm. my fun, I had my laughs, and I had my own support when it came to, you know, fighting back when it came to uh, verbal, verbal, uh, verbal fights. You what know. was the education like? Was there a difference between the education in Rouge and the education in Wyandotte? Um, well, me seeing as though I only went to real schools at Sabbath, mm -hmm. I would say that it's a it's a difference. Um, I can't speak on the high school at, at Rouge, but mm -hmm. um, it 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 I feel like it's a difference because of, and, it, and this honestly kind of has nothing to do with it. But I felt like it was a difference because of the division of the school, like honestly, and where they and and where stuff just ranked. I don't like I didn't have a clear depiction of what was better. I just went off what my parents said. So my grandmother is the one that recommended me to go to Wyandotte. Mm -hmm. And she was the one that basically, you know, motioned that Wyandotte is a better academic school, mm -hmm. academically sound school for you. So and that's where my neighbor went as well. And basically, I followed. I followed him. She made me follow my neighbor. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay. I just remember you mentioned how Wyandotte just had more structure. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And uh, you know, when you got structure, that means that there's accountability. 
you know and uh and it does teach you different things you know it teaches you discipline it teaches you focus you know mm -hmm. it, it teaches you commitment and devotion things like that so you know there's a lot of lessons that you learn out of things where at the time it doesn't make sense but later on in life you realize that the understanding the knowledge the tolerance the patience the education the experience all comes from the journey that you've been on. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't all for nothing, you know? It, it serves its purpose. It did. It you did. Know? And, and these are life skills, too, you know? We learned them at an at a, at a educational level, but it mm -hmm. became a long-term life skill that not only you can learn to live, but you can pass on for other people to survive as well. Right, right. And just like you said uh, when, when we uh, mentioned it earlier, uh off camera i it, it is a lot of structure it was like that was one of the main differences is it was i felt like it was a lot more structure uh maybe because it was a sports uh but for the most part um the teachers did their job i can say that they taught you what they what they needed to teach you um and i was a pretty much a and b student like uh middle school and i would say all the way up into probably the 10th grade I was a, I was a like I was a studious person and I was motivated to be studious. And then I started running into people that was cheating a lot. So when I seen that that low key that that shifted my 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 motivation to be more lazy because <clears throat> I just felt it to be so disrespectful for me to be doing all this studying and all this work just to get <laughs> asked, yeah, can I see your homework? I just was like I wanted to be able to like truthfully tell them I didn't do it. So mm -hmm. like it kind of shifted my motivation in the, down the wrong road. Mm -hmm. But for the I still had B's. I still had I, I got more C's after 10th grade, but I still had my A's. I still had my B's. So when you graduated from Wyandotte, you you get you went to college, right? Yes. Like what inspired you to go to college? Who who motivated you to go to college? What college did you pick? Why did you pick it? Grandma motivated me to go to college. She okay. always spoke about it. She always kept college, the word college in the air of the house. She, it, it, it floated throughout the house. Mm -hmm. um, I picked uh, Indiana State. Why? Because it was out of state and I can get away from everybody that I knew. I just wanted a fresh, clean start, in which I did. I got that. Uh, I went into mechanical engineering as my major. It was something that I had chosen before I even got to high school. And it's funny that it's funny that I remember because now I remember that in high school I wanted to try to go to Cass, Cass Tech, and I got accepted. I just didn't go. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad I'm saying this now. Like I just didn't go. Why? Because my grandmother was sick, and I didn't want. I knew she was devoted to getting me to school, and I didn't. I just felt like I would be putting pressure on her to <clears> get <throat> me to school if I chose to go to Cass Tech, which is why I didn't go. Even though I had a family member that taught there, so it was mm -hmm. it was actually crazy, but. Uh, I, I I went into mechanical engineering as my major. Still is major in mechanical engineering. Still is in college right now, and I've been in college since 2014. Graduated high school 2014. <laughs> started college 2014. Uh, Indiana State is the uh the school that I picked. Like I said earlier, how come how come you picked there? Uh, like I said, it was to get a fresh start, to get away. It was okay. a six hour drive. Just the opportunity, just Opp you know, more opportunity, okay. new faces, new state, new. How everything. come you felt like you needed that? What was you going through at that point in time where you felt like you needed to get away from everybody? If I had to be honest with myself, it was probably just verbal bullying. It was it was just a simple fact that I was always the odd one out. So I was always I was always getting made fun of because I had the attributes that I had because I wasn't so 
like talented in basketball and mm-hmm. talented in the right in the in the in the right what is it position for football because I played growing up little league I played nose guard and I was still small you know so that's like I don't I don't really have credibility to talk crap especially to actual lineman that's 200 plus you know yeah. or like or literally probably one 150 plus you know what I'm saying so um I didn't have uh the skills uh like I did until later on in high school when I ended up gaining my respect through sports still not through basketball you know hey basketball mm-hmm. is still still some of my friends hold over my head uh but for the most part, it was just the simple fact that I was the I was the most different one. Okay. I was the one that could dance. I was the one that could skate. Mm-hmm. I was the one that could do everything. So you just wanted to take your talents on the road and see where you get with it. For the most part, I mean, I guess subconsciously, yeah. Did you know anybody in Indiana, or did you just show up and show out? I showed up and I showed up. Found you a place. I I got there solo dolo, and the only thing I was looking for was somebody that was just from Michigan. And I ended up, I, I ended up uh, being the manager on the football team. And then the second semester, I walked onto the football team. wasn't on there for too long, though. <laughs> I wasn't on there for too. What long. was it like? So did you live on campus? Yes, I lived on campus. I did live on okay. campus. Okay. And, and what fun. was that like? It was for me. It was be. Well, sorry if I had to be real. If I losing my virginity before senior year, just only prompted me to. <laughs> This is so childish, now. <laughs> but my friend set me up. My friend set me up to lose my virginity. Okay, I lost my virginity, and from that point, after after like my American senior year, pie, bro. after my senior year, when I got out of my relationship, um, um, I I honestly escaped. Uh, I dodged a bullet, kinda, for the most part. I dodged a small bullet with with that relationship because I found out some news. So I went into college with the motivation from being in a relationship, you know, so I'm like, I'm gonna be single. So I went into college, uh, just having all the fun possible. Uh, joined the step team uh, when I got there. Uh, I was oh, around yeah. a bunch of girls. I was always I was always around the females. I stayed in the, in the game room, which uh, had the pool tables. Pretty good, I developed a skill in pool to where I even bought me a pool stick. Uh, um, you know you serious with it when you go buy your own pool and it's stick. in the car right now <laughs> it's in the <laughs> trunk right now like uh so um being at indiana state it was a it was a big opportunity and i was able to i guess brand myself not even knowing that that's what i was doing but i was able to brand myself and put myself out there you know put my talents out there did, did you meet friends like did people embrace you like knowing you were from detroit or you know coming uh, from michigan yeah not really i got maybe two friends two friends from indiana state that i can probably one for sure that i can call right now and it'd be like we like we didn't even skip a beat one for sure i got and he is in the um adult uh film business okay so uh and he's successful in that so that's that's the one credible friend i can say that i kept coming from uh indiana state now, female-wise, I did have a lot of female friends. I had one great female friend. She actually had a crush on me, didn't really realize it. But um, she was a good person. That was that was good to me too. She kept like she was she was she was she was uh, she was what is it? She was spiritual. You know, she was um, she uh, 
And she was a, she's a child of God. So she kept that energy on me as well. And coming from childhood, I was always in, at church. I was always at church. So, and that started, that really came from my Uncle Chris. What church were you, did you guys go to? I started off going to True Worship Church. It was on there, it was in Delray, right down Jefferson, going across the bridge. That's where I started okay. off. My Uncle Chris got uh, introduced that church to me and my pops, and we have been going there ever since, all the way up until, well, I guess, we stopped. <laughs> we went there until we stopped. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, and it wasn't nothing that we just said we're gonna stop. It just, it just happened. Like mm -hmm. you know, it's just like we, you know, what I'm saying something we got. To what do you remember anymore. about church, man? Is this something that you dreaded, or is it something that you embraced? It was something that I hated being consistent with, but I enjoyed the time that I was there when I got there. Okay. When I got when I when I walked so you in those just doors, to go when you wanted to go. Exactly. You ain't want to go when they took you. Exactly. But when I got there, I was always, I was always just kind of happy to sit on the pew and listen. Listen to, because if when you actually did listen, it's so crazy how whatever he's talking about, just, he just, he just literally just scooped out a part of your life from that previous week. Just scooped it out and put it in the sermon, in the, in the sermon <laughs> for that, for that day. Like it was, it was just so weird. And one thing that I always uh, cherished going to church was the band. It was the band. I love, I love hearing the instruments. They even gave me my own little bongos to play because I was, I was like, I, I would dance in church. I would dance in church. Oh yeah. I would literally break. I would literally do hip hop moves in church. So was it like a Pentecostal church or was it a Baptist church? Baptist. Or was it Baptist? Yeah, Baptist okay. Church. Because I, I, I one time I um rest in peace my brother Gigi man shit and his brother uh, Aaron, uh Christian, but their mom had taken me to a church that she used to take uh my boy Gigi to, and um it was a Christian church but I don't remember if it was Pentecostal or what, but um like they was hollering they had a uh, drums guitars they was dancing screaming yelling I was like damn like. That was something new to me. I had yeah. never been, I, you know, I grew up in a Catholic church. So when right. I seen all this going on, it was like, I, I just did, I wasn't used to it. You know what I'm saying? It felt uncomfortable at first, but you know, me being open-minded, I eventually embraced it. You know what I'm saying? But like, it's a way of life for people, man. And, you know, honestly, when I, the shouting, the shouting that church, mm -hmm. I, me being young, I did used to get my laugh on on the inside a little bit, but. I also did respect it as well because, like I said, I was the one that got out there and shouted too when I was when I was young. I, I was trying to catch the Holy Ghost too, so I was out there getting my praise on. It's nothing <laughs> wrong with it, trust me. It's nothing wrong with it. I need to go back <laughs> and get my praise on some more. Uh, I feel like God is calling me to come back and get my praise on. But um, what values did you learn from from? from your religion or being raised in the church like that you apply to today that actually stuck with you? Honestly, one of the, I have, I have to say patience. Um, patience is one of the main ones. It's one of literally the main ones. And then understanding. I've always asked God for understanding. Always, 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 always. I get in the shower. God, please help me understand. I'll be on the toilet. God, please help me understand. I get in trouble. God, please help me understand. If it's something that I didn't understand and I was angry about, then my pops tried to explain to me the the you know what I'm saying, the 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 correct perspective to have and I didn't understand it, God help me understand. Listen, bro, that is crazy that somebody taught you, you know, 
to pray for understanding and you did it and through understanding you obtain wisdom you obtain knowledge and me i was always raised to pray for strength mm-hmm. and um and it's like no wonder my my life it was so difficult because every time i pray, pray for strength god made my life hard you know what i'm saying because that's what make you stronger mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying that's what give you strength is mm-hmm. more issues more problems mm-hmm. more weight Mm-hmm. And then I started. I had to learn how to how to communicate with God. I had to learn how to articulate myself mm-hmm. and ask specifically for what I need. Like if I need a break or I need some grief, because God hear your prayers now, yes, he and He answering them prayers. Yes, He is. Because He answered all my. Every time I ask for strength, He He made sure He put a ton on me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You want to be strong? You need strength. Here you go. And I said, Lord, get your Samson. What what's going on? What's going on right now? You know. But for you to be raised to ask for understanding, though, man, that is that is that is beautiful, bro. Because understanding is 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 the enlightenment of the, of the world, of the mind, of the people, of the cultures. That's what brings about peace, mm-hmm. love. You know what I'm saying? I don't even have to uh, like you or even agree with you, but just to understand who you are, what you've been through. You know what I'm saying can bring about peace in itself. Exactly, because you know how to correctly move. You you can move correctly, and I had to when I seen this video, I had to just agree. Rick Ross was talking about I don't want to move fast, and I don't want to move. I don't want to move the best. He said I want to move correctly, and I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I said that makes the most sense, and that that mm-hmm. goes hand in hand with understanding. If you can understand, you know any given thing at almost any given time we can't be perfect and we can't be a robot but if you can do your best to understand what it is and be and be and be accurate like i don't think you can really step in the puddle that you or step in quicksand i don't really think it's possible for you to do that because you you understand what something is before you even are before you even involve your energy and 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 time into it you know, so yeah, I, I think the biggest part for me is just to be righteous, bro. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, you know, my, my steps in today's, you know, and, and the way I live my life today are very definitely calculated, but I like to just live freely, bro. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When you, you know, after spending 17 years in prison, bro, they teach you, you know, they, they, they show you, you know, you have to ask for permission for everything. You know, they deprive you of everything and they teach you that everything in life is a privilege, bro. You know what I'm saying? So you just learn how to appreciate things different. You learn how to calculate things different because, you know, shit is real. You can forfeit your your freedom, bro. You know what I'm saying? You can relinquish your power to people who can run your life. I'm a conscious man. I don't need nobody to tell me how to live my life, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, but, but it taught me. I had to go through the fire and be forged to be the man that I am. You know what I'm saying? But, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for nothing, you right. know? Um, but yeah, we're gonna get back and we're gonna uh, talk with my man, you know, about about you know what what he's doing with his dancing and what the future look like for him. Okay, okay. Uh, thank you for that. Um, so to start Man, off, like mug, what yeah, you hey, yeah, you start, in work. To start off, uh, what I what I plan on doing with my with my talents is basically setting up my own uh, business so that I could uh, I can move properly. So I've been working on getting uh llc getting the proper business uh structure so that i can display my talents effectively and professionally so i can uh, accumulate things without you know i can accumulate things without um without any legal trouble so 
that's the goal is to stay away from legal trouble while doing what I feel passionate about. So I'm getting that done and I'm in the process of getting everything uh, set up for that. And so you, you were showing me when we first met that you would be doing TikTok videos and all that. Like, what's that about? Give your information where they can find you, how they can reach you, how they can tap in. And, you know, what motivates you to do these little videos? What are their TikToks, right? Yeah, I, okay. I really do. I do YouTube. I do YouTube. YouTube. Okay. Uh, and I do reaction videos. So uh, you can find me uh, at E. Tyson uh, Jr. You know what I'm saying? I pop, I pop up. I'm about 10K strong right now. I've been stuck at 10K for about a year and a half. Year and a half, two almost. So, um... So sorry, y'all. <laughs> I'll try not to sweat too hard. So what is it that motivates you to do the, the TikToks and the and the and the um the you know the okay, YouTube's so, like like what is the mission? So you know the mission is to build up my own platform so that I can always have my own stream of income independently. So that nobody can dip their hands in my pockets or have any type of control over how I move. So that is the that is the the motivational drive behind YouTube. When I started off, I started off off the love of just being on camera, and I still got that love. It's still that same love. I'm just setting it up so that I can do everything professionally, so that nobody can take anything from me. Um, started off with uh, another guy that I went to school that I went to school with. Um, we was party promoting at first, and then. Coming to the end of that, you know what I'm saying? He called me like, you know what I'm saying? Hey, what's up? What about reaction video? So I was like, cool. What's, what's a reaction video? So basically, we're on camera like this, and we have another monitor, and we'll be watching whatever it is that we're reacting. We could have been, we could be watching Judge Judy. We could be watching Judge Joe Brown. We could be uh, watching dance choreography, certain music videos, certain dance, like certain other dance clips. We can watch uh, uh, a video about a car getting made anything and just the whole purpose of the reaction video is to catch our facial expressions our comments and just honestly that is the entertaining part oh yeah so when i when we did the reaction videos we did it to dance choreography so by me being someone that already dances and i had all i had just got back or just got back to school from dancing with tiffany renee so I had had a lot of I had had a lot of experience or what I felt was a lot of experience in the dance world. So it was way easy. It was just so easy. It was right up my alley to do this. I was like, why not? Did it blew up, went viral. After a while, I began to uh, spread um, myself too far thin and I got involved in the too many uh, other extracurricular school activities that limited my um my 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 youtube presence or no not even youtube presence but behind the scenes it limited my availability so it that caused a lot of uh issues as to why i'm even like solo on youtube today um but <clears throat> a lot of it had dealt with um school school related like my grades and things like that and honestly a lot of people have been asking for the story because every time every time i'm on youtube the fans ask me uh why you and uh oh dude don't make videos no more? What's that about? Yeah. And I'm like, look, I already tell him to go. I already tell him to go ask him, cause honestly, I got the same energy I did back then. Yeah, I do the video, and I'm here for the video. Yeah, <laughs> you get mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Nothing more, uh, nothing less. You know what I'm saying? Um, I can I can say. How now, do you get paid off of it though? Bro? Monetization. Like 
monetization. Okay, so you get monetized, and then what? Does it come off the views? Does it come off the subscriptions? It comes, like, how do you make money, bro? Because, you know, I'm like, shit, if you got 10,000 already, what, 10,000 subscribers? Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, you would think that, you know, that's a nice amount of people. You should right. make a nice, right. nice amount of money. I mean, I'm trying to make money off this thing. You Give know, me, I'm trying yeah, to get right. somebody to cut the check. for you. Three days, you're getting monetized. I got the, I got the screenshot right here. Oh, Let's yeah? Give it. Okay, yeah, okay so sounds good. <laughs> I'm trying to get started up. I'm trying to get y'all to buy some stars for me and all kinds of Man, shit. Man, look, all y'all got to do is tap in with him all the time. Like on his videos. Make sure y'all leave a comment. And just if y'all cooking, turn the video on because the duration of it is what is what helps the algorithm and and everything else. You know when it comes to picking up um when it comes to picking up revenue. So basically, I'm not all the way uh experienced with uh receiving a check from YouTube. If I had to be perfectly honest with y'all, I've came close to getting the threshold of at least a hundred dollars because that's what you have to get. You have to make in three days. I'm gonna be monetized, baby. That's a blessing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right on Facebook, so it's hard to get on monetized. Oh, yeah. Facebook, it's hard. You accomplished it. And and luckily for me, when I when I went and I started being on YouTube by myself, it was easy for me to get monetized because the you the YouTube algorithm already recognized my face, and we okay. like at that time we had already had like two maybe three videos that's over a million Damn, right now really? you know what i'm saying so you Can know i get a hundred thousand or something <laughs> and it just honestly it comes from damn she got that <laughs> she spending her shit like that her mama know she doing that your mama know you doing that <laughs> no nah, hell no nah. we got to we got to rewind this look at that everybody look at that and that's that's, yeah. that's how i am on a reaction video this is just I'm just so true and honest. I'm gonna, and I funny. give my actual reaction. You, you know went what I'm straight saying? off into it too, and I was it's like, just, I, "Yeah, I know." Like, what are you doing? <laughs> but yeah, that's that's exactly how I would be. I'm trying to your tell you, reaction I, gave me a reaction, and and I think that's why that's why I was I found so much success in getting videos like getting a lot of views. Like my most my most viewed video solo is uh at eighty thousand, and not a big accomplishment for most, but for me just sitting in a chair, looking at a screen, and doing oohs and ahs yeah. to get eighty thousand, I feel like that's pretty easy. So, and that was that was a video that was my closest experience to uh, gaining revenue from YouTube. Like I said earlier, uh, before um, they was discussing the monetization, mm -hmm. is that you have to you have to you have to get at least a hundred dollars uh, in revenue. In off views revenue or just revenue in general, uh, to receive a monthly check from YouTube, um, you got to be you got to be active, you know, um, and a lot of stuff goes into it. Like when you go to your YouTube and you look at your analytics, you look at your demographic, you look at like all these all these different details and 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 things that consist of your channel. You got to like pay attention to it on a daily basis to really like get a grad a good understanding of it and a couple of key pointers that i've been given even when i went out to miami i ran it i ran into a dude that's on the that be working that works with logan paul you know i don't know if you're aware mm -hmm. of him but he's on the pod he got a podcast going for himself that at least it drops a million views per per show paul and, rogan yeah yeah with? logan paul jo oh logan paul he okay. just fought floyd oh dog yeah him. Okay. yeah him. Right, yeah 
So the guy, one of his, one of his crew members, I I ran into because I went to the Floyd fight. I went to that. Okay. And um, he was telling me to just post. If he was like, whatever day you post, post on that day at that time every single time, and then the YouTube algorithm will they will eventually catch on, and then it'll begin to I from picking up from where he left off. I feel like. It, once it catches on, it's going to remember you, and it's going to more likely put your put your video in the suggested views video uh, list of videos for people that are watching that are in your area, or and from the uh, from the the tags that you put in your video as well. Um, and then after that, it's really just promoting it yourself. So you. What push do you use for promotion? My Instagram. My Instagram grew because of my YouTube presence. My Instagram went from thirteen hundred to now I'm at eight thousand eight hundred, and I low key lost like seven hundred followers over a course of a couple months because my presence hasn't like my yeah. presence hasn't been there. I've been and I've where been where's the furthest you've been able to reach like country wise and people? I've Australia. I got to London. Uh. Have they After. ever uh, muted you or anything for anything that you did? Because that was like some of the stuff that, you know, some of the obstacles we were faced with when we first started going. Like they were muting us for this, for that, you know, for songs. Honestly, for, you know. I was, um, so the copyright, a lot. So what happens with the way I started doing it now, um, I mute the video. And every now and then I bring the audio on. So I hit the, I hit the, I unmuted every, every couple seconds or for a couple seconds every few minutes depending on how long the video is so that youtube doesn't claim copyright because if you have it if you have the audio going on consistently they will copyright which means whoever owns that is getting the percentage of whatever revenue you make from that video and that's irritating okay. so i had seen a, a choreographer that i actually reacted to one time and that his the video I react to is in on my channel is in double digits. Um he he muted the video so that he can get full revenue. And I just took that and I took heed of that and I and now I'm doing it. Uh before that I had went off of um what I was told from the guy that I was on YouTube with. He said that he found a success, you know, uh cutting cutting up his videos. He would he would cut up his reaction video. And I felt like that was doing the most. I ended up doing it Couple times and I seen what he was talking about, but now that I actually do, and were you doing the work yourself or did you have a team with you? I know or? I always I edited everything on my everything on my channel. I edited. I think I only have one video that I did not edit. There's only okay. one video on there that I did not edit, but I edited everything myself. Okay, and it's pretty much it's pretty simple. Like it's just that it's tedious. That's really what it is. It's like like I feel like once you learn how to how to put a put roofing on the house. It's pretty much easy, mm -hmm. but it just takes all damn day. You know what I'm saying? Like it yeah. just takes too long. So that's really what the uh, the editing process is. You know what I'm saying? It's pretty much sim simplistic as hell. My man Jose, he be over there sweating, boy. I know that guy be humping. He be because transitioning. It's always from one the fear of deleting something. It's and... always the fear. Like yeah. anytime somebody mess with a program like that, they the scared. They scared. They gonna delete. They scared. They gonna undo. So they take all day to build up the confidence to press a button that ain't gonna do nothing. And that's just the honest. That's just the real in it. But if you know what what buttons work, and I be and I tell this to people that go into engineering, if you <laughs> just like they tell me, if you want to understand stuff, 
you got to learn the tools. So for 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 editing, you got to learn the buttons and know what they do. Uh, in my case, for engineering, you have to learn what is it? Uh, the you have to learn the definition of of every variable to understand the equation to be able to solve it correctly. So it's the same. It's the same principle in the different life. So, so how much more college you got to do, bro? Probably about a year and a half, two, if I keep my head down and just, if honestly, if I see my way out, maybe a year and so a half. So after these two years, one, you will say year and a half, where do you go from there? What are you going to have, a bachelor's? Or, bachelor's. Or, or, I'm going to have a bachelor's. Degree. I'm going to have my bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering. And then how do you want to utilize that degree? Uh, So I have, I, I've tried to build up different plans. One is to go and work at um a car shop to get my to get my knowledge up on cars and stuff like that you know maybe i want to design an engine once i learn enough another one is to team up with a co-worker of mine he he got a business going and he may need a lead engineer so um come time for me to you know apply my skill set from engineering i'll be able to independently work as an engineer or i honestly before i graduate i could probably do an internship set up an internship, a paid internship, get my experience, and then when I get out, and then I'll be paying myself for the most part. Or you know, or what about mentoring? Like like you do some mentoring, don't you? Did you say you work with juveniles as yeah, well? Yeah, I work with I work with juvenile kids. I've been working there for a year now. Where do you work at? Uh, I work at Wolverine Human uh Human Services. They got one here in the city of Detroit. That's in too. Vassar, ain't it? Yeah, it's in Vassar up there. I was in that boot camp over there in Vassar. I was a Wolverine. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of kids um that, that that get into a lot of trouble or that's just basically I won't even say that it get yeah, they get into a lot of trouble because I they're know misguided. I was in a lot of trouble when they, I had me there. Right, because they're misguided by things that they did not ask for. So the the thing is, when I'm around the kids, I bring a lot of laughter. I always, I always crack jokes with the kids. I I try to hear them out, uh, make sure they get a word in. Because I know when I was growing up, old school, uh, we we said for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, type deal. You know what I'm saying? If they telling you something and you just want to get your word out, they probably already know what you about to say. And if you and if they didn't know, it's it's still gonna be whatever they saying is the principle. So I try not to do that to them. I try to hear them out because I know oh, that yeah, that's a trick. Absolutely. So bro, that's sure. like that's like the very meat of making sure I remember for my job. We we, we definitely need to network, bro. Oh, yes. You know what I'm saying? I told you I work at the Detroit Hispanic Development Corporation on Trumbull, and uh, I, I would love to take you on a tour, see you, you know, show you around, show you all the programs that we got going on there for the youth, man. And then maybe one day I can come out where you're at, man, and, go, and go see, you know, meet some of the juveniles you're working with. You know, I could share my story with them, bro. You know what I'm saying? I've, I've been through the youth home. Juvenile boot camp, all that good stuff, man. But at the end of the day, bro, like I said, everything that I went through wasn't all for nothing, man. I want to be able to share my experiences, my growth, my lessons with others. You know, each one teach one, bro. I want to pass on the experience and the knowledge, you know, to save save somebody else. You know what I'm saying? They have to go, you know, down that rough road if they don't have to, bro. You facts, know what I mean? facts. And a lot, like I said, a lot of a lot of with these kids that they just need that. They need someone to sit there and just talk with them. And just to keep them busy, cause you know kids got a lot of energy. So mm -hmm. not to, get, and I'm not about to get too far deep into it, but you know it's just to be there, be present, and be someone that they can they can see. You know, yeah, not somebody they can just rely on. yeah that 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 you know 
all that. Because at, at this point, man, you could you could be you could be leading these kids down the wrong road, and they would follow you just because they want to know that somebody care about them enough to even you know what I'm saying just to guide them. You know what I'm saying? But you know, at the end of the day, you know it's our responsibility to be able to cultivate what is right, what is righteous, and what is good and moral for our people in our community, within our community, and all starts with us. We have to be the change that we want to see. You know? Man, facts, and I'm and I'm glad that you said that because just like yeah, you got this podcast going. I'm trying to do a podcast myself up at uh, Saginaw on my channel. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to bring uh, awareness or not. Nah, I won't say awareness, but just make sure I keep uh, feeding or enlightening the the younger group that's coming into college, especially towards SVSU because of the pandemic. That's it. A lot of people, um, a lot of kids that came in as freshmen, their their college experience got you know, messed up because of the COVID and because of the pandemic. So I feel that this podcast, bringing back uh, people, alumni, folks that has partied at SVSU, folks that got businesses and that graduated from SVSU, and then folks that's doing stuff at SVSU currently, like uh, young business owners that creating their own brands. I feel like uh, Saginaw should be aware of these and they should have a place to go to to hear about it, to know that it's there. And I feel like that's what my podcast is going to be for. So Stay, make sure y'all uh, stay tuned. Like I said, E. Tyson Jr. is going to be coming uh, to y'all soon. Uh, welcome weekend right around the corner. So just tune in, tap in with me. And I'm going to be available uh, to do all collabs and all that. My dancing going to come out. I'm going to try to get skits out so I can get my acting out there. I'm trying to, I got into acting a little bit. Uh, incorporating a lot of things on outside of YouTube. I'm trying to try to help with the kids i meant i try to uh teach math a little bit from the from the skills that i got from working at the school as a math tutor and and just help out try to do dance classes and stuff like that so that's what i what i'm doing i i, I like that you think outside the, not not only think just think outside the box but you live outside the box bro you know what i'm saying don't put no barriers on yourself you know what i'm saying try things out you like it you don't like mm -hmm. it you're good at it you're not if you like it enough you work on it you cultivate it. if you don't you move on to something Facts. bigger better something different Facts. you continue to invest into yourself pour into yourself bro it's worth it and when you get that podcast thing off off and running man let let me know man we'll work together on oh, yeah. something you know i have my brother jose sit down with you you know what i'm saying show you some things but definitely i support oh, you yeah. my dog you I know what i'm saying that. appreciate that and shout out to my man southwest he's been doing his thing with the podcast we're gonna get together grupo monte all you brothers man much love man and uh you know what? You know, Lit Music Entertainment, they've been doing their thing. And a uh, big shout out to my man Leo at the Boost Mobile over there on Leakin Park on <clears throat> on Dixon um, and Outer Drive, man. Come show them guys some love. Show them some business. We thank them for allowing us into their home to be able to run our podcast and our live in the mix. Much love to everybody, man, and have a good week, man. Salute. And don't forget, this wouldn't be this. Something more like this has been an episode of Real Everyday People, part of the El Nino Podcast. Check out the El Nino Podcast live on Facebook every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. And for full episodes, the El Nino Podcast is available on Facebook and YouTube.